Putin would never have invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump were president. Trump told him point blank, if you invade Ukraine, I will hit Moscow. Mm -hmm. I will hit you so hard you won't believe it. And as he said to me, Putin didn't know whether to believe me mm -hmm. or not. He, he, he said, you will not do that. Trump said, yes, mm -hmm. I will. Uh, therefore, Putin believed if there was a 10% chance Trump would mm -hmm. do that, it served as a deterrent. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, he did not invade. By the way, it was Donald Trump who turned off the Russian pipeline. Mm -hmm. It was Donald Trump who gave the offensive weapons to the Ukrainians that Barack Obama would not give. It is Donald Trump who put the toughest sanctions on mm -hmm. Russia in American history. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Vito Glazer's After Dark, live from West Hollywood, California. I am honored to be on record with an amazing guest, a true legend in American politics and a, and a patriot and a style icon. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Roger Stone. Roger, how does it feel to be uh, a free man on the podcast today? Well, it's been an extraordinary couple of weeks, Vito, because uh, the publication and release of the Durham report uh, combined with revelations now published by Real Clear Investigations show that my uh, charges against me pertaining to Russian collusion that never actually happened is an extraordinary miscarriage of justice. How does one lie about something that actually never took place? Uh, looking at the Durham report, it confirms what I already knew, but I'm not sure every other American knew, which was this was the Russian collusion hoax, the largest single dirty trick in American political history. It was nothing less than an abuse of power in which the full authority of the U.S. government and the extraordinary capability of our intelligence agencies were used for the illicit illegal, baseless effort to remove a duly sitting and elected president. Uh, and uh, there are three interesting things about this. One, it is very clear that nobody will be held responsible, even though we know who the perps are. Barack Obama, who knew? Vice President Joe Biden, who knew? Attorney General Loretta Lynch, who knew? FBI Director Comey, who knew? CIA Director uh, John Brennan, who knew? Uh, Jake Sullivan, who's now the National Security Advisor, who knew? But none of these people will pay, pay any price. For some strange reason, uh, Durham brought prosecutions of low-level actors uh, in this criminal enterprise, which is kind of like charging the guy who drove the getaway car mm -hmm. for double parking while you let the people who robbed the bank not only testify against the driver, thus incriminating themselves, mm -hmm. but you also let them keep the loot that they mm -hmm. stole. Uh, it really makes very little sense. Uh, and then more importantly, if you think about it, the whole allegation that the Democratic National Committee uh, was the target of an online hack by Russian intelligence is completely and totally unproven. The government has no evidence of that. I was charged with lying to cover that up, which, of course, is untrue because it never happened. Uh, my lawyers were denied the opportunity at trial to prove that it never happened. Mm -hmm. So uh, this has been an extraordinary uh, experience because it is one in which I lost my reputation, mm -hmm. my home, my car, my most of my insurance, mm -hmm. 
my savings, uh, my ability to make a living, my ability to speak in public on any subject, mm-hmm. on any medium, my ability to travel. Uh, it is uh, it has been a painful uh, experience. I would have to say that while I may be much poorer materially, I'm much richer today because in this process, uh, I was redeemed in the blood of the cross. Mm-hmm. I returned to church uh, and uh, the, God, the Lord did uplift me. He did uh, protect me from my persecutors. Uh, and of course, I'm greatly uh, indebted to President Donald Trump, who recognized that the whole purpose in prosecuting me it wasn't because I did anything wrong. These were process mm-hmm. crimes. It was to pressure me to testify falsely against him. Mm-hmm. So when they couldn't find Russian collusion, they wanted to create it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wanted me to testify that some 26 phone calls between myself and candidate Trump mm-hmm. in 2016 pertained to Russian collusion or WikiLeaks collaboration. And of course, Robert Mueller's own final report, uh, which... Uh, BuzzFeed had to go to federal court to get released. Mueller himself admits that he found, quote, no factual evidence, close quote, against me regarding Russian collusion, WikiLeaks collaboration, or any other crime. So it's a Kafka-esque nightmare, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm uh, I'm glad to be alive today yes. to tell about it. And I'm delighted to be able to tell about it on your show. Well, we're super grateful that you are here to tell the story and I'm sure that the uh the the, the Lord will turn your enemies into your footstool as is as is promised in the good book. And the crazy thing about the Russian collusion thing at this point now years later is it seems like everybody was colluding except for Trump and Russia. It was literally everybody else and the two main people that they're saying were the part of it uh were the least involved and in fact not involved at all. So uh, now on the topic of Russia, right, we've got this big war going on. People have been hating on me. I don't know if you know, but I I recently uh, married a a very beautiful Russian woman, uh, and she's pretty popular on social media. And you should see the crazy stuff that uh, people are are commenting on her things. They're like, uh, say that you're Ukrainian. Uh, Say that you denounce Russia. And she's like, well, you know, I I denounce the war, but I'm not going to say that I'm something I'm not, right? And I just, whenever I see the mainstream media and all the talking heads get behind something too much, it immediately puts on my BS alarm. And I've been very suspicious of the war from the beginning. Obviously, we know Donald Trump was the first president uh, where Putin didn't invade anybody for four whole years. It's the first time basically in in Europe's history, uh, modern history. And now we have a brand new president. We got the world's most popular president with the lowest approval rating of all time, uh, who immediately uh, starts this giant uh, cash exchange with um, one of the world's most volatile countries. Um, In my opinion, and a lot of people call me a conspiracy theorist, but as we know, a conspiracy theorist is just somebody who's just a couple months away from being right these days, right? a lot of people call me a conspiracy theorist because I said they're just basically turning this into a big cash grab. Um, and now you see you see Zelensky buying himself Vogue covers. You see him um, just basically um, spending all this money and, and all of a sudden there's all these billionaires um, moving around the world on the, on the back of the American taxpayer. That, I mean, again, I'm not there. You're much more entrenched in the uh, – uh, in the in the war with the deep state and, and all these things that are going on. What is your opinion of, of what's really going on with Ukraine? And what I would love is your insights on what actually has to be done or, or who has to be removed or 
what the actual solution is to end the war and do they even want to end the war? Well, look, I, I have uh, uh, no time for the Russian <laughs> leadership. Uh, Putin yeah, is a thug. Yeah. He's an authoritarian thug. Uh, but that doesn't mean I hate the Russian people. Of course. Uh, I had relatives mowed down by Russian tanks in Budapest mm -hmm. in 1956. So the idea of accusing me of collaborating with mm -hmm. the Russians is nonsensical. What this war is really about is the fact that the United States – uh, in, in return for uh, the Russians having no objection to the reunification of Germany, we agreed not to push uh, Ukraine into NATO. Mm -hmm. But let me define that. We agreed not to put offensive missiles on the ground in Ukraine pointed at mm -hmm. Russia. We certainly uh, uh, went a step further because there are indeed bioweapons labs that we are funding on the ground in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think you're absolutely right about two things. One, Putin would never have invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump were mm -hmm. president. Trump told him point blank, if you invade Ukraine, I will hit Moscow. Mm -hmm. I will hit you so hard you won't believe it. And as he said to me, Putin didn't know whether to believe me mm -hmm. or not. He, he, he said, you will not do that. And Trump said, yes, mm -hmm. I will. Uh, therefore, Putin believed if there was a 10% chance Trump would mm -hmm. do that, served as a deterrent, uh, and uh, he did not invade. By the way, it was Donald Trump who turned off the Russian pipeline. Mm -hmm. It was Donald Trump who gave the offensive weapons to the Ukrainians that Barack Obama would not get. It is Donald Trump who put the toughest sanctions on mm -hmm. Russia in American history. So this idea that he was a stooge for Putin uh, is an absurdity. Uh, I think if we agreed not to put NATO missiles uh, in Ukraine, uh, we agreed to shut down the bioweapons labs. I suspect that Donald Trump could get a negotiated settlement of this war in very short order. He has the credibility of everybody involved. Uh, you can't say that he is a puppet for the Russians, mm -hmm. not after what he has done to them in regard to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with what the president said. I just want the killing to mm -hmm. stop. Uh, and I want everybody to go back to where they were. Uh, it's important to notice that to the extent that Putin has been successful uh, in in essentially seizing portions of Ukraine, he did that during the Obama mm -hmm. administration. Mm -hmm. So weakness breeds uh, uh, aggression. Mm -hmm. uh, and the weakness of the Biden administration, as demonstrated in Afghanistan, uh, as demonstrated uh, in uh, Iran, mm -hmm. uh, the most dangerous thing here is we have pushed the Russians, who we should be in an alliance with to fight Islamic terrorism, yep. into the hands of the Iranians, mm -hmm. in a new alliance with the Chinese. Mm -hmm. uh, that is extraordinarily dangerous. They are not natural allies, mm -hmm. but we are making them natural allies. Yeah. So, uh, look, I pray... I pray uh, that Trump is elected because this war will drag mm -hmm. on. Uh, also, I'm not a military expert, but I talk to people who mm -hmm. are, who tell me that virtually everything being reported in the U.S. media is war propaganda. Mm -hmm. If you think the Ukrainians are kicking the daylights out of the Russians, that's incorrect. Yeah. Uh, if you think that the Ukrainians can overpower the Russians uh, in a uh, in a uh, fall offensive uh, that is, uh, that is, uh, incorrect. Pardon me, a spring offensive. Yeah. That is incorrect. Uh, and I'd like to know 
where these billions of dollars that we're shipping to that mm-hmm. country are going. When Senator Rand Paul mm-hmm. uh, tried to amend the approval of the Ukrainian funding bills so that a U.S. inspector general could keep track of where every penny mm-hmm. went, the U.S. Senate defeated that amendment. If yeah. you were a senator representing the taxpayers, mm-hmm. why would you not want to know where the money is going? There's never any accountability. That's And, you know, it doesn't matter how many lives are lost as these people that are the warmongers, whether they're the rhinos or whether they're uh, the, the, the far left. Um, life means very little to them. And we already know that it's really become a battle of good and evil. Um, and the thing is, this battle is being waged mostly now on social media platforms, right? Um, so you've got uh, the liberals own the mainstream media. They own the social media platforms. And it's not just the liberals. We now know that the Chinese Communist Party is deeply invested in tons of our mainstream media. I don't even know if you know this, but do you know that Forbes magazine was purchased by a Hong Kong shell company that is rumored to be opened by the CCP, operated by the CCP? Did you know that? Forbes Yes, magazine. I have read that. And of course, I knew Malcolm Forbes Sr. and Steve yep. Forbes who is Malcolm Forbes Jr., uh, some of the great entrepreneurial free enterprise capitalists yep. in the history of the country. Uh, so they probably got a very, very good price. <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, that's what's amazing to me about uh, com- quote-unquote communists in the, in the world today is that they love using capitalism against us, right? They use our own capitalist things. The things that they say they hate, they use to the maximum. But how can conservatives improve their technological abilities. I think one of the biggest problems, and I've talked to uh, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA about this, I said, the problem with the content that's being created by conservative content creators and the, the, the technology platforms that are being created by conservatives like uh, Parler and uh, Truth Social is that they're really just creating these echo chambers, right? Uh, it, you're, you're not selling any people from the middle on coming over to your side, no matter how crazy or egregious uh, the liberals war on the family or on the father or on um, uh, on the economy or on anything is uh, we're not getting people from the middle because we're just as conservatives I guess we're just bad at media and technology um, what can we do in your opinion uh, to improve that technology and, and and get more conservatives and more young people that that have the ability to create the next social media platform to be the next influencer uh, or the next movie star. What can we do to instill, you know, start instilling some of those conservative values so we don't get canceled and our ideas don't get wiped off the face of the earth? Do you have any insight on that? I do. First of all, uh, as someone who is banned for life on uh, Instagram, banned for life on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, banned for life on YouTube. Uh, I'm now very grateful to be back on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Twitter uh, is an important platform uh, where more and more conservatives are being restored. Mm -hmm. More and more conservatives are returning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is true that uh, that elite opinion leads mass based popular Mm -hmm. opinion, sometimes detrimentally. Mm -hmm. So people will decide that an idea reaches critical mass on Twitter. That means it's true. Mm -hmm. The Russian collusion hoax is the best example of that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. I think True Social actually performs an extraordinary service Mm -hmm. because it's important to be able to talk to your own people. It's important to be able to mobilize and inform Mm -hmm. your own people. But I agree with you, it has a limitation when you identify it as President Trump's website Mm -hmm. because of his partial ownership, Mm -hmm. uh, that limits the number of people who will go Mm -hmm. there. So what I think is we need 
more social media platforms <laughs> that are neither right nor right. left, but where ship is not tolerated uh, and where everyone is entitled to speak. Uh, some people criticize Elon Musk. I do mm -hmm. not. I'm shocked that I was reinstated there. Yeah. I had 900,000 followers when I was banned for life in 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, I had 25,000 uh, when I returned. How many of mine were bots to begin with? I have no idea. Today, I have about just under 450,000 uh, in growing. I use it far more judiciously than mm -hmm. I used to in the past. I try to use it to make serious mm -hmm. points. Once in a while, there's a little bit of humor. Uh, I did say, for example, the other day that Chris Christie needs to run, <laughs> not for president. He just needs to. Uh, but beyond a little bit of snark, I do think it has great value. And, of course, I, I also uh, I, I credit uh, Musk for coming forward and laying bare the level of censorship uh, and, and uh, harassment of, of alternative voices, conservative voices on that platform. So we need more platforms, mm -hmm. uh, but we don't need more platforms for conservatives. Right. We need more platforms for everybody. Right. Uh, and we need to be scrupulous about censorship. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there are limits. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you shouldn't be able to post, say, child pornography or snuff films. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, uh, you know, I think that we could have a more lively uh, debate on social media. The good news is that the old media, the legacy media, mm -hmm. is dying. Uh, last night, I haven't seen the latest numbers. Last time I looked, Tucker oh, Carlson yeah. had about 10 million viewers. Yeah. I'm sure it's far more by today. Oh, yeah, it was over 30 million now, this, this morning. This dwarfs mm -hmm. what he used to get uh, on Fox. Now, his critics are saying, oh, his show didn't have the fancy graphics and bells and whistles yeah. of Fox. So what? It, it Tucker Carlson is about content mm -hmm. to begin yep. with. He, he's about truth telling and facts. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Kennedy's successful uh, yes. Twitter space the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, I still think that the Governor DeSantis's uh, announcement uh, in a Twitter space, despite the glitches, was effective. And by yep. the way, it's a good medium for him because since it's only audio, we can't tell whether he's reading or not. <laughs> Or Although whether he's short or tall, as Trump right. accused him of uh, being too short to be president. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I, I think that the, that uh, podcasts like yeah. this one, uh, social media uh, platforms, are going to play an unsized role, an outsized role in the 2024 election, mainly because, and the Russian collusion hoax has a lot to do with mm -hmm. this, uh, and I think the war is also going to have an impact, more and more and more Americans don't trust CNN. Right. Don't trust MSNBC. Yep. Don't trust Fox. Right. Don't trust ABC, NBC, mm -hmm. CBS. And their numbers are dropping. Yeah. The number of people watching the legacy media, the number of people reading the New York Times and the Washington Post continues to drop. So um, uh, as uh, Chairman Mao said, let a thousand flowers bloom. Mm -hmm. We need more outlets uh, where people can go without fear of censorship. Yeah, and you know the the fear of censorship is spreading not just from social media platforms, but even as far as banking. Now, I know conservatives, and I know social media influencers who I'm friends with, who they can't get credit card processing. They can't. They're even being banned from Uber. They're being banned from just basic fundamental things because of their political views, um, and that leads a, a lot of conversation back to blockchain. But 
some conservatives are afraid of blockchain. They're saying that, you know, Bitcoin is a product of the Chinese or that Putin started Bitcoin and all the conspiracy theories. Uh, do you have any opinions on, on blockchain or any insight of how conservatives could use blockchain to maybe amplify our position on the, on the text platform? Well, unfortunately, I'm a technological Luddite, so I can barely operate my cell phone. <laughs> uh, but but I, I must say that the idea of a digital currency uh, the idea of having only a digital currency where your funds are controlled uh, by the government is a very scary idea. I just read a, about a bank in the UK where if you have money in the bank and you want to go to withdraw money, you have to justify with the bank what the money is for. If you're going to pay an invoice, you have to show them the invoice. You should have the ability to spend your own money any legal way you want to spend it. So um, I think the idea of a digitized currency that puts all control in the hands of the government uh, where they could use a social or political media score to decide mm -hmm. uh, whether Vito can buy groceries today mm -hmm. or whether Vito can buy gasoline today or whether Vito can take out a thousand dollars and go to the racetrack <laughs> and bet on the pony. Yep. Today. Yeah. So that uh, I, I, Forgive me if I'm misquoting you, but I think I saw a press release where you were on a board of advisors for a new conservative blockchain project called Common Sense Coin. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in that and uh, what your involvement is with that with uh, Common Sense Coin? Yeah. Yes. First of all, let me say I own nothing. Uh, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a principal in this mm -hmm. company, but they have a very intriguing idea, which is why uh, I decided to agree to serve without compensation. Uh, on their advisory mm -hmm. board. Uh, when you go to Amazon mm -hmm. and you buy a product uh, and Jeff Bezos makes money, he takes a portion of that money, as is his right, and he gives it to left-wing causes, PACs, and candidates. Mm -hmm. That is the concept behind uh, behind uh, uh, this product. Mm -hmm. Common Sense Coin uh, is a place uh, where you use these coins to make commercial purchases. They could be books, they could be t-shirts, mm. they could be NFTs, they could be anything. But the company has pledged to give a portion of their profit, of their revenues, to conservative causes. Uh, the one thing you cannot do is earmark your your money. So you can't say, oh, I'm going to buy these books and I want 20% of the profits to go to a pro-Trump super PAC. Mm. That under federal election law would be illegal. Mm. Uh, but if you if the organization lifts lists a group of political causes mm -hmm. or charities uh, that they support, uh, then it, it's a simple question of the company taking profit that was honestly uh, derived uh, and giving it to worthy causes. The left is doing this. The right needs to do it. Uh, but uh, I'm so impressed with the technology mm -hmm. and so impressed with the concept uh, that I agreed to serve on their advisory board, again, for which I am uncompensated, and I don't own any portion of this. So uh, uh, my interest in pushing this idea is that I'm intrigued with the idea. Yeah, and I do think it, that it's great for um, people with your insight and your, you know, your political expertise to help the next generation of people that, you know, might be uh, expressing themselves on new social media platforms, blockchain technology and things like that. So I think it's it, uh, I was really impressed um, when I saw that you were taking the initiative to support, uh, you know, some kind of future technology that could level the playing field, perhaps, uh, if not immediately, at least in the long term for where uh, 
uh, liberals seem to have a, a really big advantage right now and kind of close that technology gap. So that being said, uh, I got to wrap this up with an amazing question. Everybody wants to know 2024. I know you're very grateful to Trump. I don't know what your political loyalties uh, lie to him as far as, um, you know, if you if you're going to endorse him or not. But 2024, I guess my question to you is uh, Trump, DeSantis or Biden, who would you want to win? Who do you think will win? Who do you think would be the best for America? Uh, I'm strongly supporting uh, Donald Trump for his second term in the White House. I'm among those who think he was cheated out of his second term. I think he was a great president in his first term, although he, he made mistakes. Every president's made mistakes. But he gave us the most robust economy in our history, uh, uh, record job creation, record wage growth, uh, the lowest levels of unemployment among all Americans, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, young, old, urban, rural. Uh, he rebuilt our military strength. Uh, he appointed scores of conservative judges uh, to the bench. Uh, he, uh, rather than pursuing the neocon strategy of sticking our nose in more endless foreign wars, he's the only president in modern times that not only didn't start a new war, but brought our troops back uh, from abroad uh, without the calamitous disaster that we saw in Afghanistan. So I also think, uh, and I know some will disagree with this, uh, that Trump is a natural phenomena. In other words, I mean, I think there's 15 to 18 percent of the vote out there in America. They are not Republicans. They don't particularly like Republicans mm -hmm. or Democrats. They like Donald Trump. Yep. They would not vote for Governor DeSantis, particularly now, uh, but they will vote for Donald Trump. These are the people who did not vote for Mitt Romney, who did not vote for John McCain. Uh, many of them didn't vote at all. And some of them actually voted for the Democrat. Uh, so uh, I would have to say that uh, that Trump is, in my opinion, not only our strongest candidate, but I think he's the only one with the experience uh, to do the job. Uh, I think he learned a lot in his first term. Uh, and I think that those lessons will be well applied uh, in a second term. Uh, I think Governor DeSantis has unfinished business in Florida that he needs to deal with. He was just reelected months ago. Uh, we have a we have a, an insurance crisis in our state, mm -hmm. uh, among other problems. Uh, and he's 42 years old. He's more than enough time to run for president. Uh, I'm intrigued by the candidacy of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Mm -hmm. I like his position on war. Mm -hmm. I like his position on sealing the border. Mm -hmm. I like his uh, skepticism of big pharma. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't agree with him when he says the Chinese are not a threat to us militarily. Strongly disagree with that. Mm -hmm. uh, he's also a supporter of climate change. I don't believe in climate mm -hmm. change. Uh, he's modified his position on the Second Amendment. I find it quite palatable. Mm -hmm. He's not interested in confiscating guns, but he is interested in studying the role uh, of these uh, psychological uh, drugs yes. in mass murders. Yeah. Every time we have a mass murder, there is no discussion uh, of the of the drugs uh, mm -hmm. that the murderers uh, are on. Mm -hmm. So I think he's, he's headed in the right direction. I think it'll be very hard for him to win the Democratic nomination. Yeah. Uh, I think the, 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 the cards are stacked against him. Uh, but he's running a very interesting campaign mm -hmm. just from a from an analytical point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's extraordinarily well-spoken. Yep. You can see he's actually thought about the issues in mm -hmm. front of him. 
Uh, and as he likes to say, and I, I, this is true as far as I can see, he has yet to say anything that he cannot back up with facts, mm-hmm. that he can back, not back up with documentation. Uh, what outrages me is the way ABC and CBS do interviews with him, but they leave 80% of those interviews on the cutting room floor yep. because they decide that he's peddling misinformation and that we are too stupid to decide for ourselves uh, what we want to believe and what we don't want to believe. Uh, kudos to Mike Smirconish of CNN, mm-hmm. who I think conducted a very fair interview with Robert Kennedy. Excellent interview with Laura Ingram last week. Excellent interview with Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. some weeks ago. Uh, whether he can launch and sustain a successful candidacy solely using the new media mm-hmm. uh, remains to be seen. Uh, but I think there are signs that this could be a technological breakthrough that impacts our politics uh, across the board going forward. I think that's some great insights, and I respect everything you said. So uh, I know your time is very valuable, but for the people that either didn't know you going into this podcast uh, or who did know you but have been looking for you, and since you've been canceled everywhere, it's, it's hard to find you. Now we know you're back on Twitter. Where's the best place to connect with Roger Stone? Well, on Twitter, I'm Roger J. Stone Jr., Roger J. Stone Jr. I do a daily show at StoneZone.Live, StoneZone.Live. You can also go to StoneZone.com, which not only gives you a window into StoneZone.Live, but you can see the print pieces and other interviews uh, like this one uh, that I've done on other platforms. Uh, you can also go to my store. You might want to buy your very own Roger Stone. This is a <laughs> stone to which nice. I have signed my name. It's a paperweight. Uh, it's a simple stone. Yes, I didn't. This wasn't signed by an intern. I really signed that. Uh, you can buy all my books, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, my New York Times bestselling book on the Kennedy assassination, my book Stone's Rules, which is kind of a manual to life. Uh, it's not it's not just for conservatives or libertarians mm-hmm. or Trump supporters or Republicans, yeah. I think. Regardless of your personal politics or your field of endeavor, you could be in tech or you could be in agriculture or you could be in fashion or you could be in retail. Uh, you could be in any business. Uh, these are the things I've learned in a 40 plus year in the arena. Uh, uh, so you can get those books and my other books, the, the Bush crime family, the mm-hmm. Clinton's war on women, all at stonezone.com in the shop. Love it, Roger. Thank you so much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Vito Glazer's After Dark Live from West Hollywood, California with the legendary Roger Stone. Check him out at StoneZone.com and make sure to check out his show every day at StoneZone.live at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Roger, it was a pleasure having you. we got to stay in touch. You're a gentleman and a scholar. I know that term gets abused a lot, but uh, you truly are. And it was a real honor having you on the show today. Uh, We wish you the best here from California all the way to Florida, and we will see you next time. Vito, great to see you, and uh, that's a great-looking pocket square you got there. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to our latest episode of Vito Glazer's After Dark, live from the Soho House in West Hollywood, California. And if you enjoyed tonight's episode and you'd like to know how you can support us, I invite you to check out one of our affiliate partners, Try Carrot. Carrot is an influencer black card. It's the first charge card and credit card that's built around underwriting your social media audience in order to approve you for your credit limit. It's really cool and really innovative financially. 
And on top of that, the black card gives you access to some amazing events. Like they did a casino night in downtown LA. They do all kinds of influencer support groups and influencer opportunities. So if that's something that you're interested in, if you're an influencer or you're an entrepreneur that is active on social media and you would like to check out a really cool credit card or charge card, uh, I got approved for up to $15,000. You can apply for free at influencerblackcard.com. So again, if you enjoyed the episode tonight and you'd like to learn how you can support us without having to spend any money at all, you can apply for free. I invite you to check out influencerblackcard.com. And if you have any questions about it, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Vito Glazers and I can tell you all about it.